Welcome to the Speakeasy Noir Cast, a podcast discussing film noirs of yesterday and neo noirs of today. Each week, we're going to deliver a discussion of our analysis of classic noir films, and occasionally we'll interview up and coming directors and writers of new neo noir films, all mixed in with our unintelligible banter. Your hosts for the show, Jason D. Morris and Carly Street. I can't do accents at all. My accents all sound like they're Australian. Every <laughs> oh, single one of them. I'm going to hear that. Nope. Ah. <laughs> oh. Not happening. <laughs> yeah, there's no apologies necessary for our last episode. You guys either liked it or you didn't like it, and you're either here for this one or you're not. And it's sad to see you go, or it's amazing to see you still here. <laughs> it's amazing to see you. <laughs> either way, we're not judging. We understand. Um, well, I only judge you. You knew that was crazy. <laughs> I didn't know that. It's all you, your fault. You never know until... So you're in the relationship. Until <laughs> the crazy <laughs> steeps out of all the holes. Right. <laughs> so today, um, on today's episode, Carly has just informed me that we're going to do the film Leon. And it depends on where you live, what country you're in, as to what the title of the film is. Um, for me, out in America, in the U.S., it is not Leon. It is a film called The Professional, um, and I had knew I had known that there was a different name. I, I think I think it was in French, actually. Um, I think I thought it was called Leon the Professional, but apparently I'm only half right because I believe uh, Carly in your area is just titled Leon, right? Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah. And then I believe the re-release of the film, maybe even um, just the re-release of it in America, they had changed it to Leon the Professional. Um, but before we get into that, and Carly gives us our, her super famous synopsis, I guess. I, I think it's more in, like... In a, a nutshell. Yeah, and her super famous in a nutshell. <laughs> um, <laughs> World famous. Yeah, we're going to give you guys the the drink of today, which this is, I don't, I actually don't know the official name of this drink. This is what I'm drinking right now. I made it just a little bit ago. It's just coffee and it's Irish cream liquor, right? Um, oh, like Bailey's. It's like Bailey's, but I'm, yeah, it's, um, yeah. Um, and I'm gonna look it up real quick because I'm gonna see if there's a um, if there's an official name. Irish coffee. Well, that's what I call it. Yeah, um, but I don't know if anybody calls it anything. Like if it's got like a you know a unique uh, fun name or something. But I guess it doesn't. It might. If if I'm wrong, I mean if I don't, if I, never mind because you know I'm wrong. <laughs> so just let us What's know what, what is the, what do you call an Irish cream coffee drink? Okay, so how how you make it? 
is you brew your favorite coffee, um, something that hopefully it's unflavored. Um, I only have flavored stuff, so I've got like a, uh, I don't know, what is this, uh, creme brulee or something. Creme brulee coffee? Yeah, they get all kinds of weird different things that, you know, we get sometimes just to try <gasps> them, but they all taste the same. <laughs> oh, um, I like vanilla. Vanilla, yeah, I mean, it depends on, on the brand, because uh, some of them are great. Like, uh, right now, I, I really like, uh, I don't know if you guys have Dunkin' Donuts out there. We don't actually no, have... No, we don't. Yeah. I did try it once, though, on a film set. There oh, was nice. a coffee machine with loads of Dunkin' Donut things, and I didn't know what they were, but it was fantastic. Yeah, it's really, they have really great coffee. We don't have an actual Dunkin' Donuts here in my area. It's like an East Coast, um, and I'm over on the West Coast, but... Um, the coffee they started coming out with like their branded coffee in like grocery stores and things like that and um the vanilla is just i don't know it's amazing to me it doesn't it it's so good <laughs> um so yeah we've we've just been trying different kind of flavored stuff to see what actually works and so far the vanilla dunkin donuts and um she had just found a uh she being my wife shawnee had just found a um cinnamon dolce coffee which is another great one because it definitely has sort of a cinnamon flavor to it so anyway um get your favorite coffee and then you're gonna put in an ounce and a half of uh your favorite irish cream whiskey um liqueur um and then you're going to top it off with um whipped cream and oh fancy yeah it's i i personally found it Oh, I'm sorry. I, I forgot. I totally forgot an ingredient, and and I skipped this part, and that's the reason why I forget it. But the recipe also calls for eight teaspoons of sugar. Wow. Um, which seemed like a lot to me. Um, if you're also putting in the the because Irish cream whiskey is also um, uh, fairly sweet on its own. Um, so the first time that I made it, I did put the sugar in, but I cut it back to only four uh, teaspoons. Because I thought eight was pretty, was a lot. Yeah. Um, which I do put a lot of sugar in my coffee. And I probably put about eight in just my regular coffee. But adding the whipped cream and the Irish cream oh, and all well, that. Oh, with the, with the whiskey yeah, and the it was, Irish it was cream, a lot. it was too much. Yeah, and, and my wife Shawnee thought that it wasn't that it wasn't very sweet. And I was like, what? And she usually doesn't put a lot of sugar in anything. So it was a really strange kind of uh, thing that was happening there. Because <laughs> we were the exact opposites. But... So anyway, recipe corrected is um, your favorite coffee um, with uh, an ounce and a half of Irish cream and um, eight teaspoons of sugar. I personally used uh, sugar in the raw, but you can use whatever sugar that you want. Um, and you top it with whipped cream. And I thought it was a little overly sweet, so I skipped the sugar. Um, and the whipped cream is just enough, you know, to make it balance out. Um, it's a great, it's a great um, dessert drink, or early in the morning, it's nice as well. Um, and I would probably, I, I think, I think next time I make it, I'm gonna probably put a shot of something else in it. I don't, I haven't decided what yet. Maybe an, um, just a, maybe just an extra shot of Irish whiskey or something, because I think that the alcohol level on the um, Irish cream is a little low. Um, so I might add a little extra kick to it, personally. But let us know what you guys think. It's an easy drink um, to make, and uh, it's it's fun, and it's a good dessert drink. So uh, try it out and, and let us know.
that's told business. This guy comes to town every Tuesday. Are you free Tuesday? Yeah, I'm free Tuesday. You can't stop what you can't see. This guy came from the outside. He was a pro. He was fast. In the art of the kill, Leon was the master. Somebody's coming up. Somebody's serious. He never missed a hit. He never got caught. You're indestructible. Bullets slide off you. You played with them. And above all else, he never had a reason to care. Until now. I like these calm little moments before the storm. My family was shot down by DEA officers. Three kids here. One of them is missing. Find her. He's opened the door. Please. From the director of La Femme Nikita. If you don't help me, I'll die tonight. I can feel it. An innocent girl with no one else to turn to. What exactly do you do for a living? Cleaner. You mean you're a hitman? Cool. A perfect assassin. I need you to help me, Leon. I want to get those dirtbags who killed my brother. With someone to finally believe in. Change ankle. Yeah! Remember that, Leon. I will. They're about to come face to face with a cop who's crossed the line. Bring me everyone. What do you mean everyone? So everybody at home, you guys should know this film is either by Leon or Leon the Professional or the Professional, depending on what country you're in. So Carly, uh, why don't you give us your super famous, in a nutshell, synopsis for Leon the Professional? Okay, but then afterwards, can I tell you my exciting news? Yes, absolutely. We we don't have any confessions this time, I don't think, so we got exciting news time. Yeah, it's exciting news. It's exciting news. Okay. So, let me just... Okay, are you ready? I'm always ready. A street-smart 12-year-old drives the original original John Wick to the brink of insanity when her thirst for revenge stirs his own feelings of loneliness and longing for a relationship beyond a houseplant. (laughs) All right. That's pretty good. You like it? Yeah, you got a kick out of the original John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is. Come on, he is. He just needs the music. It's done. Sure. I mean, but there's others that came before John Wick. You know, I think you just, you know, yeah, you gotta, you gotta try to fit in Keanu Reeves in there somewhere. That's <laughs> <laughs> a <nice> problem. <laughs> I am excited. This already. Yeah, I have. A, I am excited about the new um, Bill and Ted, though say that so am i that should be fun although they're so excited they retweeted my little gif 
of how excited I was. So oh, did they really? Nice. They did. They did. Moving on to Leon. So gangster. <laughs> so Lee, is Leon a French name? Do you know? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I don't know anyone called Leon, so. I don't either. I, you know, Luc Besson, is that how you, Bess, Besson, I think is how you pronounce his name. He's a oh, very. not bad. Yeah, Pronunciations, my so God. I'm going to look it up. Anyway. He's an he's an interesting director. I think he's extremely hit or miss, uh, and when he hits, it's he makes a really great film. And when he misses, it's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like him a lot. I would I would agree with that. I yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm not 100 percent sure like what if it's like contextual to his native, you know, like where he he lives in his country that 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 the stories that he tells or the way he tells them are, you know, more acceptable there or more interesting to, you know, his, I don't know what the proper term is, but his people or like, you know, where he's from, um, mm-hmm. opposed to say America or something like that. But, um, yeah, it's like almost every other film or other, every two films that he makes, I might like it. And the other ones are kind of like, ah, what did he do? What is this? So what? <laughs> And one of them actually is uh, starring your boy um, uh, Guy Pierce there, which I thought that was one of his misses. Well, he didn't technically direct it. It's true, so. but it's, man, his stamp is all over that film, though. You got to admit that. Yeah, but see, I quite like that film. So let, let's not. I think we have a list of people that trigger. I mean, like Guy Pierce is one of them. So maybe we'll just stay clear of that no film. no we won't because i know that we you're won't, not a fan we won't. because here's the thing here's all right so there there is and i have to look it up because i'm spacing on what the name of it is but do you know who um oh my god no i can't think of his name either oh god <laughs> and the reason why i can't is because i always call him the highlander <laughs> right? i cannot wait to hear the, who this is it's christopher lambert Okay, yeah. Okay, so you know who he is? Yeah. Okay, so there's a movie that he did called Fortress. All right? And I love this film. This is a 1992 film. And um, Lockout, which is the one that, right, it's called Lockout with Guy Pierce. Yeah. 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 Is, is a straight ripoff of Fortress. Like, See, didn't they get sued because it was Escape yeah. from New York? Yeah. No, no, no. Was it Escape from New York or was it, was it Fortress? I don't, I don't know. It was definitely one of them. Okay. Well, um, and I'm pretty sure that they won the, the legal battle as well. And they did actually get sued successfully. Yeah. He definitely, yeah, they definitely got sued successfully. I can't remember which film it was. It could have been escape from New York. Um, which also has its similarities too. Um, but yeah, so I think, um, fortress is a much, much better film and escape from New York as well. The lockout. Because, um, I mean, first off, Christopher Lambert and um, Kurt Russell are both way more badass than Guy Pierce. Not as smug as Guy Pierce. Yeah, they're both amazing in comparison. Like, Guy Pierce is like the Polly Shore of, of tough guys. So, sorry. <laughs> Slash not sorry. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 
I always loved Fortress as a film, and um, Escape from New York is one of my favorite Carpenter films as well. Anyway, moving on. Moving on to Leon. Moving on. Oh, stop doing that, man. You're trying to get in on my accent here. <laughs> it's, so, it's so difficult not to try to rhyme Leon with something. No, <laughs> no I can't do it at all. <laughs> um. Leon is a very unconventional film, I'd say, especially for um, America. It has its um, tropes, you know, the whole Italian gangster hitman sort of, you know, thing that's popular in America or was at the time. Um, you know, maybe made popular by Scorsese and, and filmmakers like that. But uh, it has the weird French undertone and the strange sort of love affair between a little girl and a man, which is very off-putting. And it's a fantastic film. I love it. But even re-watching it this time, I was cringing at some of the stuff going, oh, oh no, don't do that. Don't go there. Please don't do yeah. that. It's so disturbing. And it's innocent, but it's disturbing. <laughs> like, have you have you seen the special edition version that has uh, additional yeah. I think it's additional. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one I watched. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did not watch that one. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. It's, it's quite yeah. a bit longer. It's about 20 minutes longer, I think. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I don't think that it at all hurt the pacing or the movie itself, but it does extend some of that sort of, um, um, character building between the two there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, that's that's the one, the one thing that's pretty. Ugh. And it's a it's a very it feels very French. The movie it feels very French. It's, and and one thing that I learned while researching this is all the interiors are were shot in France, and all the exteriors were shot in New York. And I thought that was interesting because when I originally watched the movie, everything inside did feel like. French or felt like a foreign country. And I don't know if that's just the architecture inside or what it really was, um, but it all felt different than what I'm used to seeing. Um, so finding that out during the research for this episode, that was really piqued my interest. Um, and I'm sure it had something to do with either budgetary reasons or actor schedules, things like that. Um, well, did you find out that it was um, supposedly supposed to be like a filler film before the fifth element no and he wrote it in like 30 days because he had all the crew and everything there ready to go no i didn't know that really well i, I don't know if it's true or not but so like the was it this it's a different studio though right or is it the same studio oh because sure. wasn't is it, i thought fifth element was american backed mm, possibly but it was something to do with Bruce Willis's schedule. He wasn't available. And Luke Besson's one of those directors that's like, no, I want this particular person. We will halt everything because that's who I want. Um, but they probably had a bunch of other contracts already tied up, so they just went and shot that one? Went and shot that with the crew and, and what they had in place for certain things. Wow. Again, whether it's true or not, don't know. But Maybe maybe that's the thing with um, with him is that you know he needs to be under the gun or under pressure. I don't know because Fifth Element's good too. Fifth Element also has its weird, quirky stuff that everything about it should say this movie shouldn't work. 
Yeah, but, I really like the fifth element. That's yeah, one of great. my favorite films. Yeah, and and I mean, I, personally, it, it has nothing to do with Bruce Willis. And, like he, he could be replaced with anybody, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But uh, who was it? Um, um, Mila Jovovich. Well, Mila Jovovich, but um, she's you know that's a breakout performance, really. But her and I was thinking of. Um, uh, I want to say Chris Rock, but it's not Chris Rock. Uh, Tom, uh, oh, what's his name? Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, yeah. Yeah. Those two. Rod. <laughs> <laughs> as weird as his character is, and that I mean, mm. him and Mila Jovovich are just like the stars of that movie. Besides the See, effects, I like and the, the priest. I like Ian Holm as the priest. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, and I, I think everybody basically was running circles around Bruce Willis. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Although when I was watching it, my husband hates that film because he's like, oh, this is the one where the guy screeches all the time. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Put your headphones in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's about love. He's like, I don't care. I just hear screeching. <laughs> That's true. I can understand that. <clears throat> um. So, yeah, that's interesting to know that that was sort of like a rushed project, um, you know, before The Fifth Element was shot. Um, I think that's pretty cool. I mean, they, they definitely pulled it off and pulled it off well. And it wasn't a small budget. It was a it was $16 million budget, which is pretty big for that time. They should have just paid that all to Gary Oldman. He's great in it. I honestly think that this was his last great performance. He's fantastic. I, I, my second synopsis in a nutshell, which I decided not to go with because of my past history with just focusing on actors, was a film showcasing how truly magnificent Gary Oldman is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would have agreed with you on that one. Yeah. Um, he, he is quite amazing. I, I, I think he's a fantastic actor. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say he's underrated because I think everybody loves Gary Oldman. I just think that he doesn't get roles enough. Um, and I honestly also think that the older he gets, the worse he's getting in terms of his acting quality, because I think he just doesn't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I, I hate, I don't want to judge him as an actor or anything like that. Cause I could be completely off base and he's trying the hardest he's ever tried. Um, pick on Gary Oldman. I'm trying not to because I just think he well, was... Well, no, because his, we're going to be best friends one day and then it's going to be weird. Well, his work was so great when he was younger. You know? Yeah, it I was, think it's hard to match, isn't it? It's, yeah. And that's that might be what it is. I think it's just the roles that he got were just these quirky, strange... You know, he was never like the star uh, of the film, but because of his quality of acting, he is the star of every film that he was in. To yeah. be fair, when he was sniffing that guy at the beginning, <laughs> right? right? I, honestly, for about five, for about, I don't know, the, the scene's maybe five minutes long. And for a good two minutes, I was thinking, that's Lee Harvey Oswald sniffing some guy. <laughs> and I, I couldn't, it kind of, it took me a while to get back into, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's not Lee Harvey Oswald sniffing a guy. <laughs> I don't know why your mind would even go there. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what it was. Um, that was funny though, because it was so on the nose, pun intended, um, because <laughs> <He was> literally <laughs> on his nose, because <laughs> what was his henchman, Mike, or I can't remember his little henchman guy, um, says something, he's got a line that says he can sniff out a liar. So and the guy, it's like, and then it's just <laughs> sniffing somebody's <laughs> like, face. Oh 
<laughs> and I'm like, wow, they're going there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Apparently, though, that guy was not not that fantastic of an actor. He just did not know that Gary Oldman was going to sniff his face. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> what is happening? What's going on? Is somebody going to cut? <laughs> You see, but do you know he's this close, guys? <laughs> Six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. And and you know, it was surprising how um his henchmen, his 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 little lugs that follow him around, which I guess are other police officers, they're very uh loyal, but also they have a lot of control over him. They do. I'd love to, I'd love after he shot everybody. Right, and he's massacred an entire house, and then they're just like telling him to go outside, and then he goes outside and shoots at an old woman. Like, get back inside! <laughs> yeah. It's it's really great. It's funny because it's like he's such a loose cannon, but they're just like they're like, hey, 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 you know what? You got to do this. Like, calm down, you idiot. You know? Yeah, like, get back and smoke your fat back yeah. inside. It's like and shut up. <laughs> they're just so scared of him. They're not going to like cross him, but they'll do what they can to make sure he doesn't go too far, which obviously he, that's all he does is go too far. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, like the line, Gary Oldman cannot see that. Yeah. He, didn't, he hasn't seen that for years. Yeah, <laughs> it's not there. <laughs> it's way gone. I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> what does he say? What's his line Mouse there? Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got time for this Mickey Mouse bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's nobody uh, does Gaza. Nobody does. No, I mean that's that's a hundred percent his character right there. It's like he's just moving on, <laughs> let him do his thing, <laughs> right or wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, Gene Reno is great in in this film. He's actually great. Never, I love everything that I see him in. He's fantastic. Um, do you know what's funny? I watched yeah. this with Lily, uh-huh. and immediately after I watched it with her, we had to sit and watch French Kiss. Because oh. she's now obsessed with him. Oh, yeah? Wow. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Well, when you see a little girl inappropriately obsessed with him on the screen, I guess that can happen. I don't know. Potentially. <laughs> 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 you just see Gene Reno there just going, hashtag me too. Leave me alone, little girl. <laughs> 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 where's the uh, Where's the parents? <laughs> I know. I only hope. I only said yes to some milk. I don't know what happened. <laughs> so it went wrong. Yeah. And what is his deal with milk? He's such a badass. That's how he rolls. I guess, man. I don't know. I suppose it's because he's kind of like they kind of tried to present him as like a almost like he's still got the spirit of a child. You know, like he's not fully functioned adult. I guess. I think rewatching I think it though. That's what that was about. Could be. Yeah. It could be. And I think it's, you know, I, I kind of, um, and as I was thinking about it, I kind of was thinking, well, maybe it's, it's sort of his vice replacement for alcohol. Like he doesn't drink alcohol and this is what he does instead as sort of a replacement to stay sober. Ah. Um, which I don't know, who knows what the reasoning is. Um, it's just, you know, good character building now for whatever, whatever the decision was about it. Um, I feel like I've seen like the whole milk thing and other movies though i can't place what it is but it seems but tarantino like- did one with milk didn't he that crazy mm-hmm. german gestapo guy in inglorious bastards used to drink milk maybe that's one of the few tarantino movies i haven't seen uh, i had zero interest in seeing that film um but michael um, fassbender's in it ugh. 
Is that why you don't want to watch it? Oh, triggered. No, I don't. <laughs> He's I don't. in the guy pace club. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I don't care for most of the cast in that movie. Um, I'm not a Brad Pitt fan, or I don't know. I can't remember who else is really in it. Um, I think Shia LaBeouf was in it. Is that no? That wasn't that film, was it? What is he in? I don't he's know. In some he's more kind of, movie. Anyway, people are like, "Are you you an idiot? I'm not listening to you anymore." <laughs> <laughs> Blasphemy, Tarantino. Anyway, um, what was I? I was, what were we talking? Gene Gene Reno. You brought about the milk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, about the milk. I was going to say, if if anybody needs another podcast to listen to, there's a great podcast called American Hysteria. And there's an episode where they talk about milk and how you like we're humans are the only species that drinks milk. <laughs> well, they I think they say, what do they say? The lactating secretion of another mammal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to be putting that in my coffee tomorrow because <laughs> that is a disgusting right. sentence. No. I mean, there and there's so much more to it, like how they used to like um, the milk used to uh, basically be um, bad for you and making people sick. And they would try to figure out different ways to to stop that from happening just so they could sell more and not kill the dairy industry. And milk used to be blue. So then they started they tried a bunch of different ways of changing the tent, like bleach and other stuff. And I'm like, what the hell? Have yeah. a nice glass of bleach. Yeah, and I was wondering if that was like the reason why the milk in Star Wars is blue, but I don't know. Who knows? Um, do you guys have? Do you have fresh milk? Do you drink fresh milk? No, like farms like might. We have yeah, we have pasteurized. Yeah, it's, that's weird because we only drink fresh milk pretty much. Like, so you go out and milk a cow, and then you, you don't go out and milk a cow. Somebody else goes out and milks a cow, puts it in a jug, and I have it. Oh, really? Okay, so okay. yeah, but I only have like um. Like long life crap if I'm really forced to. Interesting. <clears throat> Is it taste different? Yeah. Huh. I don't know if cardboard I cardboard would... box milk is horrible. Really? Yeah, it's when you've been bad and they give you that. Here's your <laughs> coffee. Ugh. Have you used the semi skimmed bloody long life milk? Yep. Interesting. Ugh. Yeah. No, I've never I've never had real milk, I guess. I don't know. It just sounds wrong. <laughs> I'll buy you a cow. No. <laughs> and then you can go milk it yourself. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can be the guy who milks the cow and puts no. it in a jug. No, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can find it on YouTube or something. It'll be fine. Getting completely off topic, though. I did go to high school <laughs> with a guy <laughs> for a senior project. <laughs> for a senior project, he did a project on artificially semin- inseminating cows. <laughs> I, I don't know exactly. I can't remember the details of it because it was. <clears throat> I, Did you I'm, burn it from your mind because it was horrible? I tried to, but I'm talking strictly from like a, you know, an 18 year old, 17 year old's perspective. It was nasty and gross. And uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, I understand that there's like a need for that in the, you know, um uh, the farming community, whatever it's called, I don't know, livestock, you know, you know trade. So, okay, it, it makes sense. It's a legitimate job and all that. But as a, like a 17, 18 year old, I'm watching this and he goes to, you know, uh, a, a farm or, or livestock, whatever it is. I don't know what they're called. I can't remember. But, and they go through the process of allowing him to artificially inseminate a cow. And it's so disgusting and gross and, 
Yeah, and it was just nasty. I don't even know why I'm talking about this now. But anyways, let's not talk about cows. <laughs> I mean, this feels like cowslid. I mean, this it is. Yeah, I, I've I've carried that like with cows. me for 25 years, and I, and I had to get it off my chest. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, we're all welcome. You know, the speakeasy therapy sessions. <laughs> wow, about lactating cows. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> How about that really Jean Reno? <laughs> I don't really know where to go. <laughs> Drinks a lot of milk. Um, I don't really know where to go. So, hey, Carla, let's take a break real quick and talk to our listeners about our sponsors. All right, guys, we're back and we're going to keep talking about this film. Uh, Natalie Portman. She's amazing in this movie. She is. Yeah. Um, I like her generally, though. She's one of the few actresses I quite like. Yeah, and she doesn't do a whole lot of work anymore. Um, I guess that Star Wars money is really paying off for her. But I, I think that, oh, um, yeah. again, like Gary Oldman, I think she hasn't improved on her craft over time. Like, I think she's okay. But nothing that stand out, you know, um, like her earlier. Like this movie right here, she's so fantastic and has – she has this ability to like channel like an older person that's been through a lot because her, you know, obviously her as a person hasn't been through what her character has been through in this movie. And I think that she plays it so beautifully and so on point that, I mean, I don't think that she could probably ever pull off a role as well as she did this. Well, she was good in Thor. In what movie? Thor. Thor? Yeah. She's Did you just bring up a Marvel there. movie? Sorry. You can't, to defend you can't Natalie go Portman. from that the professional. You can't go from the professional to Thor. <laughs> well, I just fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> so. Do we need to get into this Marvel is not movies bait, debate? <laughs> I'm kidding. No. Well, you know, I was just saying I she know. was okay in that. She was kind of funny. I don't know. I haven't seen it. <clears throat> I'm not sure. Um, I did see like Black Swan, which I thought was okay. I didn't. Oh God, that creeped me the hell out. I couldn't deal with that film. Yeah. Even my mum was like, "What's going on here?" Yeah, it wasn't definitely not my cup of tea. But no, not saying it was a bad film, but it really was not my yeah, uh, was not my sort of thing. Oh, you know, I did like her in that movie where I think it was based on a true story about the girl who gave birth to a baby in a Walmart or something like that. I can't think of the name of so it. When I tell you to watch all these fantastic films and TV shows, and this is now what you're watching, people giving birth in Walmart, <laughs> which like... is after, by the way. <laughs> it's it's an older film. I watched it a long time ago. but Oh, yeah. I remember her being pretty good in it, and I think that was probably maybe like her first, like, um, I'm a little bit older now kind of movie. But anyway, <clears throat> yeah, I thought she was really great in this film. Everybody, the whole entire cast of this movie was great. Uh, yeah, agreed. I really like when he uh, whips off his coat and he looks like he's going to bust a few people at the Matrix. <laughs> That's awesome. You say, oh, he's got a nice hat. They're pretty cool shades. Yeah. Then, lo and behold, he looks like he just stocked up. Yeah, but this is the like halfway what, point of the Matrix. This is like five, six years before the Matrix. I think they totally stole that. Maybe. I don't know. <clears throat> I, I do have to ask, though, what, what is the deal with the short pants? 
why 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 are his pants shorter than they should be? Like in I don't know, they they're short. Maybe like, Simon Cowell stole his fashion sense as well. I have no idea. So yes, like short pants that are up to Does he? Like nipples. <laughs> he like looks like Pinocchio. <laughs> maybe maybe he's got like hand me downs. He can't go and get the pub. You kidding me? He makes a money. ton of money. He makes. Yeah, a ton but he of doesn't money. have any of it, does he? He has to go to this bloody bloke and sit there and have some food and a glass of milk before he can go. Hey, can I have some money? Yeah, but I mean that's his only interaction with people, like what, that he's not killing. So I mean, I'm sure well, he his, his. Maybe the dead people don't care about his trousers. Maybe, I mean, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Maybe he wants he, them to see his sock. Maybe that's his sadistic like. He just comes off Maybe so when they die, he's like, "Oh, look at my socks." <laughs> he just comes off so stylish with the, the the um, the the glasses and you know the suspenders and the jacket and the guns and you know his everything, and then his pants are short. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like funny. Say maybe his sunglasses are like you know. They, they call the <laughs> they call those floods, right? In the in the old days. <laughs> Hold Yeah, like your pants would be short so you don't get them wet. Right? I, uh, floods I, or something? I don't I know. Do not know. You've lost me. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's an American thing. That's I mean, not... you lost me at pants because they're trousers. Pants are Trousers? Pa- pants are what? Pants are pants, like underpants. Well, underwear? Yeah. They're called he, pants? He's got, he's got trousers on. Yeah, trouser. I mean, yeah, I guess I've heard it called trousers too. We call them pants here. I don't know why. Don't ask me. Off, if I went off street, nice pants, he'd be like, brilliant. And then <laughs> my next question will be, why have you not got your trousers on? <laughs> well, you should compliment your man on his pants then. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, if we're in a public place off and I go, nice pants, we're in trouble. We're getting arrested. If I go, nice trousers. <laughs> That's okay. Sounds like you live in a very conservative area there. (laughs) (laughs) Funnily enough, they don't like it in Asda when you go in and compliment people's pants. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's why they don't like Americans or tourists because they're all saying the wrong thing. (laughs) (laughs) Nice pants, love. Excuse me. Well, you know, I don't know. I, I, I found it funny. Maybe that's the whole point. It's just a little funny. It, found, it seemed like he was playing dress up through the whole movie, just like he was doing with um, Matilda. Oh, his little John Wayne impression was brilliant. It is. It was really good. And that, that you know, made it even funnier. You know what I found out <clears throat> is that his character is based on his character from La Femme Nikita. Oh. So Victor the Cleaner in La Femme Nikita is sort of an offshoot for Leon. Um, and Bas- That's interesting. Yeah, Basson said that he could be his, um, uh, like, uh, second cousin or something like that, a more human version of Victor the Cleaner. Ah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. <clears throat> Le Femme Nikita is a great movie too, by the way. Yeah, I, I like that. It's been a long, long time since I watched that. Yeah, I even like the, uh, the TV show a lot, um, especially when they brought in um, uh, Devin Sawa. But uh, you know the guy from um, Final Destination? Yes, and guess who else was in the TV series? Uh, who? Callum Rennie. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting, especially knowing that potentially Basan wrote this in like a 30-day period before shooting. Um... Yeah, well, like I say, I don't know if it's true or not, but. I mean, it sounds reasonable enough, I guess. I mean, depending on where like the money came from. like something we do. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, well. Better go and do something. Yeah. I mean, you know, idle hands. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> Speaking of Devin Sawa again, because he's in idle hands. Yeah. And okay, so this this movie had a $16 million budget and it made $45 million worldwide, which is respectable. You know, it made, you know, uh, it made a good amount of money. And what I found interesting from that, though, is that Bassan had wrote a sequel um, to The Professional um, where Matilda has grown up and become a cleaner. And the movie was all ready to go, but I guess he decided to leave Europa Corp, which is the, the company that, you know, financed and he was a part of um, for The Professional. And opened, uh, I'm sorry, um, he left uh, a Gamut Film um, and opened his own company, Europa Corp. And they were, Gamut was really mad at him. So since that company had the rights to the professional, they wouldn't give him the sequel. They wouldn't let him have it. Well, that's a bit mean. Yeah. And they, they've sat on it and still sat on it and sit on it to today. Like they still won't give it to him. Um, so what he did after he left and opened Europa Corp, uh, he took that sequel and rewrote it and it became Columbiana. Oh, with Zoe. Zoe, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I never really felt interested in watching that, but now I am. I'm 100% on board to go watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, and I like uh, Zoe Saldana. How do you pronounce her name? <laughs> Saldana? Don't drag me into this pronunciation thing. <laughs> Zoe yeah. from Star Trek. Is what we'll say. Is, is what she I'll in say. Star Trek? Yeah, she's in the new Star Trek reboot. She plays Ahura. What? Serious? Oh yes. Oh yes. I'm full of surprises today. Wow! I watched the whole that the whole season. Uh, well, the first two seasons, and I don't. Wow! I didn't. No, I just... the film with Chris Pine. Oh, okay. I'm like Paul what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, she is. Okay, that I remember. Oh, I was thinking, I thought you were talking about the TV show because that's the hot topic, you know, it's the TV shows right now. Um, I'm like, no, really? <laughs> Did I miss an episode? Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't even know Aurora was in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I should have just left you thinking that because just the hours of your confusion. I would have went back and watched it and looked it up and be like, what's going on? Carly, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> can't see a horror in any of this (laughs) three weeks later um but yeah no i think she's great i I like her a lot and i'll probably have to go and watch that i get i get tired of like the the drug movies and and war films i don't know they they get on my nerves after a while because there's so many of them so i just kind of stayed away from columbiana but i'll check it out now um the professionals got such a different perspective though um so i didn't mind that one it was that nasty, weird love story that just makes you feel dirty watching. Yeah, I can see why people would be would take offense to it. I, I really can. But I kind of saw it as like, he's, he's very childlike. Oh, yeah, he definitely. Plays it, he's very childlike. And so I can see how he sees the innocence in it. And I can see at her age, the things that she's been exposed to, how she can sort of latch onto somebody and think, oh, I, I like this person. They asked me if they were okay. Yeah. And sort of get infatuated. And then what I like is him trying to understand what that is and also deflect it, but then still be confused because he cares about her. And mm-hmm. But I can completely understand why people might not like it. 
Yeah, and I think um, his character handles it very well in the movie. You know, he still does step up and kind of become that sort of father figure, or just a an adult figure in her life. Period. Even though he's teaching her to be a hitman, um, which isn't great, he's still. Like, oh, but she asked. She asked if she could. Oh, <laughs> so. oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that makes total sense. Let's just whatever child asks you <laughs> to do something. Let's just say yes. I mean, let's go kill people. <laughs> I feel like if I stumbled across a hitman, one of the first questions out of Lily's mouth would be, can I have a go with your gun? <laughs> so what exactly does that do? And how quickly can we intercept people? Uh-huh. Just saying. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And that's the reason why, you know, you got to be a responsible adult and say, no, we're not killing anyone. <laughs> oh, it's my turn, Lily, to play with the rifle. <laughs> God, you wait your turn. <laughs> Oh, my God. Folks at home, don't ever cross Carly or her daughter, apparently. <laughs> Street, get out. Get out while you can. <laughs> he can't leave the house, okay? It's like misery for him. <laughs> Every time he tries to leave, I just get another leg. Hide the wood blocks and the sledgehammers. <laughs> Why do you think I work in a hardware store, man? <laughs> man, oh, man. <clears throat> Special offer on Axis. I'll take one of them. <laughs> Staff discount. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the way it's played out, and I think um, Leon's character, or Gene Reno's character, Leon, and it handles it pretty well and respectfully. And still, even though he's teaching her to be an assassin, he is also teaching her humanity and some life lessons and additional street smart and. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, that portion of it, I think is done pretty well. Yeah. Like when he tells her to stop swearing and stop talking to that boy and yeah, you have to be uh-huh. nice to people. And it's exactly what I had in mind. Yeah. Yep. Plus he loves Gene Kelly. So <laughs> I love that. I think that is, as soon as I saw him singing, I was like, brilliant. I'm hooked. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she's talking about Gene Kelly and, uh, it's always fair weather. Uh, which is a 1955 film. It's not a noir, though, so we probably won't cover it on here. But, um, yeah, it's a good movie. Or Singing in the Rain, he does as well. I just, he just makes me happy. I like him. <laughs> um, yeah, so, oh, uh, did, yes. do you recall when she calls her school? Oh, yeah, and says so she's, is that when the school calls her? Would, yeah, I guess maybe the school called her. That's right. And, and she then, says she's dead. Yeah. for I, I didn't look it up, but I, the voice on the phone sounds super familiar. Oh. Of who the like the school principal or teacher is. I, I'm, I'm going to have to like look. Couldn't find anything in my initial research, um, so I didn't dig too far. But I want to keep looking into that because that voice just sounds really familiar. Like it's probably somebody – that we know by name because it just sounds really familiar or at least by face, you know, somebody that shows up in a lot of projects that might not be like an A-list or superstar, but um, the voice just sounds really familiar. Well, there's 79 people in the cast, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, because there's a lot of bad guys that get killed off, you know, a lot of red shirts. <laughs> yeah, didn't he look like a boy band at the beginning? He just looked like he was killing the Backstreet Boys at the very opening scene. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And like their greedy manager. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, you got you boys go and sing. I'm going off with a prostitute. 
And that was probably one of the scenes I had the biggest issue with because they're like all getting killed. And like, so he, he calls up there and is like, makes the guy tell him he's, he's coming up or whatever. And then one of the henchmen guys is like, Hey, go down get the car and wait for us. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> You're going to send him down the flight of stairs towards the bad guy that's killing everybody. And the guy's Cannon just, slaughter. yeah, Cannon it's just slaughter. like, he's like, okay, I'll go. And then a few seconds later, <laughs> you're like a bam, bam. <laughs> Come on. You did not see that coming. That's so ridiculous. But also wow. I read that they, um, they, they sort of, uh, paid homage to uh Silence of the Lambs with that elevator scene. I just found something really interesting. So somebody that backed one of my projects, um, is an uncredited cast member. Oh, really? She's one of the students at the end, I, I'm guessing. It says student, uncredited. So I'm guessing she was one of the, the girls at the end, you know, when she goes back to the school. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do any of you guys know her? Mm-mm. Ah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Anyway, you I'm off on a <clears throat> Hey, I liked you being horrible to Natalie, Natalie Portman. <laughs> Thumbs up. So I, I wanted to go back to a Tarantino thing real quick. Mm. And okay. I don't know the year this movie was shot or the year Pulp Fiction was shot. I believe Pulp Fiction was maybe 93. Did it come out first? I think Leon might have been 94, but I could be wrong. Well, I know it was released in 94. Um, but Pulp Fiction, oh, it was also 94, which has also got Gary Oldman, right? Mm-hmm. No, Gary Oldman yeah. wasn't in Pulp Fiction. He was in True Romance. Oh, True Romance. That's right. My bad. I'm thinking of True Romance, not Pulp Fiction. My bad. No, I'm actually thinking of both. <laughs> That's why I'm getting You're confused. You're having here. a senior moment. Okay? <laughs> I, I am. I am. Because I'm not a huge Tarantino fan, so forgive me. <laughs> like, my favorite Tarantino stuff is only the stuff that he wrote. Like, True Romance and Natural Born Killers. Like, I'm Yeah, not, I like True Romance a lot. Yeah, those, those are the two films that I really like. Um, okay, so hear me out real quick. Because I'm pretty sure True Romance came out before, right? Yeah, that was like 92, 91. 92. Yeah, no, 93, a year before. Oh, 93. Yeah. So not 100% sure when Leon was actually shot. But usually, like, you know, it'd be a year before. So if this Truman Romance came out in 93, it was probably shooting, not, shot in 92. Um, and The Professional was probably shot in 93. And then Pulp Fiction came out in 94 as well. So probably shot at the same time as The Professional and when True Romance was released. Anyway, hear me out. One, Gary Oldman is in True Romance, and he plays the reggae Rastafarian guy who looks a lot like his henchman and the professional. Mm-hmm. Two, Matilda looks a lot like Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction. Okay. Uh, like haircut and style and all that kind of stuff. So I'm wondering if there were some sort of homages there going on because there's a lot that Bassan did in this film that are homages to a lot of work. I mean, there's a whole long list of it. Like I was just speaking of the, um, elevator scene, uh, you know, that was in, um, silence of the lamps. Um, there's a lot of stuff that he did in this film that was like that. Um, so I'm curious if that, those are one, cause I haven't heard, I didn't read or hear about that, but it was just something that kind of popped into my head. Because Gary Oldman's like, you know, reggae guy character in, in True Romance was such an <laughs> off the wall craziness, you know, um, that this guy 
this cop guy that is his henchman in this movie just he had some he does yeah he's got a bit of a gary oldman vibe hasn't he about him yeah it's more about the look because i think he's got a bit of a scar on his face he's got the dreadlocks you know he wears the sort of reggae kind of shirt sort of thing so there's some there's some definite similarities i just don't know if it was intentional or not and then the same with uma thurman in pulp fiction and matilda uh, style and look like they're they're kind of similar you know um because even from the choker to the haircut to the red lipstick all that kind of stuff um just kind of had that sort of vibe <clears throat> so i was just curious if that was uh you know something that uh was on purpose or not interesting um the scene where he first takes her out. He gets his training gun and he first takes Matilda out the rifle and the jogger. I forgot that it was a paintball gun. <laughs> I was sitting here watching this. Like the tension was like, Oh my God. And I, I felt like I must've felt that when I first saw the movie as well, because you don't know, like after you've seen the movie, you know, it's a paintball gun kind of thing. You know, it's something you can't go back to unless it's been a long time since you've seen it. And it's been, you know, probably 20 years since I've seen this movie. So I totally forgot about the paintball thing. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going to let her kill this guy. He's going to let her kill this guy. It is very set up when he, when she's like, who do I pick? He's like, anyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, no women and no children. Okay. But I mean, this guy who they, and, and he's in it so little, like so quickly, this guy, this character's in it, but you can already tell he's probably an asshole, probably deserves to die. You know what I mean? As soon as he gets out the car, you think, I hope it's you. Yeah, he's instant prick. You just know he's a prick just yeah. right off the bat, you know? Um, and, and that's one of the brilliant things that Bassan is able to do in this film. He's he's able to, to, to translate that stuff so easily and so quickly without any real backstory or any effort, you know? So this guy gets out and then she shoots him and I'm like, oh my God, oh, it was a pain. That's right. How did I forget that? <laughs> um, and I felt like, they did such a great job and I don't know if anything that he's saying is accurate. Like, I don't know. I mean, it makes sense. Like, sure. Keep the door on the scope closed. So it doesn't reflect light. You know, uh, it all makes sense, you know, try to move with him as he's running, you know, whatever. But I felt like I was training to be an assassin <laughs> and you know, you know, I was kind of disappointed. That it was a paintball gun at the end of it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> something wrong with you. <laughs> Oh my god. Well, we all know this. We all know this. This is not new information. You're gonna have everybody afraid to meet you in real life. Hey, when I set up my Comic Con table for picture signing. That's why they wouldn't let you in. <laughs> Do you think they have like potential serial killer alert? Uh, maybe, probably. <laughs> Back away from the table. You ain't coming within six yards, mate. I also love the Bjork song that popped up. That was kind of out of the blue. Yes. I very much enjoyed the Sting theme song. Can we call it a theme song or is it like an accompanying track? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not I'm not a big Sting fan, but... I... God's sake, you are just triggering me left, right and centre. Yeah. I mean, I like the police. Sting, basically. Well, I mean, the songs that they did were a lot better than Sting on his own. So I, w- I would probably say it's not just Sting. Maybe Sting sobered up. You don't know. I don't know. Maybe. That doesn't make him better. Just like Nine Inch Nails. 
<clears throat> but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I love that Bjork song, so it was kind of interesting that it popped up, and I don't know why it's in there. <laughs> it doesn't exactly make sense, but it's a good no. Track. But I did, I did like the scenes where, like, he has a few montages, which is where my love of montage came from. From the prophet, from Leon, from from Luke Besson. Yeah, oh, okay. it's his fault. Yeah. And I've worked very hard to take them out. Any particular one that I really like the one at the beginning where you just see what how lonely he is mm. when it's just like a two minute shot of no dialogue, just him being lonely. Yeah, on his own with his plant. Yeah, I mean that's you know again that's that he didn't speak to. By the way, you should speak to plants. <laughs> <laughs> Not just squirt them with water. Because they have ears. They're alive. Yeah. They respond to music. Do they? They do. Is that a real thing? Has that been proven? No, that's a real thing. Is it? I talk, excuse me, I talk to my palm in the bathroom all the time. Well, I mean, you could talk to the freaking wall, but it doesn't mean that I can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it grows a little bit more when I talk to it. <laughs> Maybe. Please, on Frank Sinatra, you know, it's loving life. Are you hiding the dead bodies in your walls? Is that what's going on? Maybe I'll talk to them too. (laughs) Scared they're going to talk back. (laughs) So, Carly, what do you think? Is this a... Is this a 10 gen out of gen... uh, God damn it. You know what? I'm going to let you close out the show. I don't care if we sit here in silence. (laughs) All right, sassy. I think it's while my Irish cream is uh, getting to me here. I know, yeah, you're, I that's just, obviously your kickoff drink, isn't it? I just built it on me. <laughs> that's karma. I did that with the power of my mind. <laughs> Thanks You're welcome. Thank God. Um, I think I'm going to give it a nine. Oh. Mm. Really? Why does it lose a gin bottle? It loses a gym bottle for selfish reasons. Okay. It made me cry when he died. But why would it? So, so like you only like happy like, endings. I don't. I don't like human emotion. Okay. So it made me cry when he died. So it did its job, and you're, you know, blaming it for it. He didn't talk to the plant. <laughs> Would have liked a little bit more Gary Oldman. Ooh, I think he was in there just enough. I'm a disagreeing with you on everything so far. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a nine. I'm not giving, I'm not gonna give it a ten. Although actually, I'm pretty good. I pre, I do throw tens around quite a lot. But I think my main reason for giving it a nine is because sadly, I like the Fifth Element more. What? Which is shocking. I know, but I'm a sci-fi geek. All right. And I am the too. Fifth Element, but- it, would have a 10. Mm. And I think Leon has like a nine. You are a, a mystery to me. You are a mystery to me. Wow. No, I, as long as I'm a mystery to the police as well. <laughs> Your whereabouts, a mystery to the police. <laughs> yeah. Where was she doing now? Who knows? Uh, wow. Yeah. I don't know. I give, I give this movie a 10. I think it's fantastic. I think it's perfect. I think everything about it is just great. It's a little creepy. But it's understandable. Like, I get it. That's weird because you don't give, you don't throw tens around mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. No, but this is a great movie. 
And now I don't think it's as good as, uh, I mean, I don't think uh, Fifth Element was better than it, not by far. And I'm a huge sci-fi fan too. And I don't like these gangster type movies. Like I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of them. Like I can respect like The Godfather and Goodfellas and things like that and all that kind of stuff. And this obviously isn't that same sort of movie, but it's also not John Wick either. Um, you know, it's, it's got way more to it than that. Um, but I just think it was very well directed. Um, it's a great script, and the performances are just spot on perfect. I don't think you could get better with the performance. Even the, you know, the um, uh, secondary supporting cast is just fantastic. Everybody's just really good in this film. Um, the action is believable. You know, even the over the top stuff is like, yeah, I totally get it. <laughs> yes, they are going to shoot a rocket into that fucking room because everybody that goes into it dies. <laughs> Like, like, absolutely, that's what I would do. If there's a rocket available, it's getting shot. (laughs) Yeah. I've been waiting for this moment. Give me the rocket. (laughs) It's like, even that absurdity is, like, completely believable in this film. (laughs) Um, And, of course, he would, you know, tear open a wall and shove a little girl down the hole. (laughs) It all makes... Take my plant. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it all, it all worked out just fine. And I loved that he died at the end. I thought it was perfect. That it was a great noir, uh, ending and, and it just, it was the only ending for it really. Yeah. Yeah. It really was. I mean, it was either one or the other, either the girl was going to die or he was going to die. Yeah. You know, one or the other and both would be tragic and it would have been more tragic if the girl had died because that's the youth that gets to, you know, still has a life in front of her sort of thing. So that would have been far more tragic um, and harder to take. But they already did that earlier in the film and killed her little brother, which is also heartbreaking. And uh-huh. uh, whoa, what do they do? Oh my gosh, you know that was pretty harsh. They don't do they don't kill kids a lot in films. Um, no, especially when they're so callous about it as well. They're just like, meh. Yeah, exactly. Because then he goes on his drug high, so it's uh-huh. like, okay, you just you know you just yeah. murdered a whole family. He's like, eh. Yeah, it's just another body. Um, and he says says something to the fact when she goes to try to assassinate him as well. Um, uh, I can't remember exactly what he says, but something like, are you, um, do you love life or do you want to live or something like that? She says, yes. And he's like, good, because I don't take any pleasure in killing anybody that doesn't. And I'm like, that is such a sadistic fucked up thing to say. I know. Yeah. (laughs) And it took me a minute because I was thinking he was saying the opposite. Like, Uh, yeah, I thought I'd heard it wrong as well. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, no, that's not what he meant. Wow. This dude's fucked. (laughs) He's Um, a crazy psychopath. Yeah. So I give it a solid 10. This is a, this is just a great film. It's too bad that they never got a chance to make the, the true sequel to it. Um, cause I think maybe, maybe it could still happen. Um, I'm sure Natalie Portman would be on, on it and I'm sure everybody would love to do that. Um, Gene Reno could come back as a ghost. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> the plant would still be around of course, cause she planted it. Would it would be a tree by now. Yeah. I, I didn't quite understand the ending. Did, did the lady accept her into the place? Yes, I believe that she accepted her into the place. Okay, because she and then planted that's the... why she went outside and planted the plant okay. in like probably the worst place ever to plant it. Yeah, right next to a tree where it's going to fucking get eaten, right? Yeah, all well, the roots sense. like the roots aren't going to grow right. very far, and it's in the shade. Um, yeah, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I wasn't one hundred percent positive if that was uh, you know she got accepted. I, I assumed maybe because she did plant the plant, but I don't know. 
So anyway, yeah, 10 out of 10, and you gave it a 9 out of 10, which is wrong, as usual. Um, but Sorry. I think we both agree it's a great film. Yes. Yep. Definitely. Um, all right. Well, I guess uh, now that that one is over, next week we're going to switch back to a classic film, um, which... I'm not going to tell you too much about it. It's just a classic film, classic film noir. Um, it's a good film. Um, and I'm, I'm just don't know what I'm saying now and probably should just wrap up. But I told Carly that she was going to wrap up. So I'm just going to well, keep saying can words. I, until... I tell you my exciting news. Oh, yeah. You could sound a bit more bloody excited. <laughs> Because actually, no, this will be fun because then every other episode, you have to refer to me as this. Okay. Yes. I'm excited now. What do I get to call okay. it? Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> so my, my dream is now reality and I actually have the official title of Lady. I am Lady Carly Street of Glencoe. Wait, oh, I yes, I am. And it's a legal thing. And I can make everybody call me that. What? Okay. So... I'm American, mm -hmm. so I don't understand it. Okay. All right. So, so basically, I'm like the queen's best friend. Okay. How does this happen? I Give have me, a lady title. Okay. But, but explain to me what the lady title means because there's like lord and lady and all these different things. Yeah. And I've even seen it online where it's like, you can be a lord, pay this amount. And I'm like, okay, oh. well, that's not what I'm saying happened. Okay. Well, I'm not saying that is, but I'm just trying to understand. Like, I don't know what that means. What does it mean that you are now late? Like, does, did you get knighted by queen? <laughs> I don't no, know. I don't waiting. know what it means. I'm waiting for the phone call from Liz, you know, um, my husband bought me a patch of land in the highlands of Scotland. Mm -hmm. And it means that now I'm lady of that patch. Okay. So you have to own property and then you get the title. Yep. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. I know. So now you have to call me Lady Carly. Lady Carly. It's not Lady Street? It's, it's it's a legal thing. You have to call me Lady. Well, I can obviously pick if it's Lady Street or Lady Carly, but I think Lady Carly sounds better. Okay. So how does somebody know this when they first meet you? Do you wear well, like I'll a badge that says I'm a lady? Them. I'm going to change my bank card and everything. I'll just, you know, I'll announce it to them. Why aren't you curtsying is what I'll say. Mm, okay. And you have to do and that as well. And that means yeah, like bowing? And then I'll do my little wave. My like, you know, little, royal highness wave. Yeah, the little princess them. wave. And it won't be a princess wave. It'll be like a strong leader wave. I don't know what that means because we don't have a strong leader. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till I get over there. I'll it It'll be over. huge. It'll be huge. <laughs> It'll be huge. Um, and I can go and visit my little patch. Okay. Never well... Lady Carly Street. Yep. It's time to wrap up this episode. Um, I think we both enjoyed The Professional, Leon The Professional, depending on what country you're in. Um, and we can't wait to uh, discuss the next film with you. Yay! Until next time. Bye-bye. He's looking at you, kid.
Thanks for joining us this week on the Speakeasy Noir Cast. Make sure to visit our website, resurrectionfilms.net, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of your favorite podcast apps so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, The Dark Side of Acting Up, available now on Amazon, or you can check out one of our films available on Amazon Prime.